0: Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast, number 34. Hi, this is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome back to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm your host, John McGowan, and I appreciate having you as a listener. I can be contacted at john at indoorcycleinstructor.com. Now, today's podcast is sponsored by Stage 5 Cycling, and joining us from Boston is the CEO of Stage 5 Cycling, Tom Scotto. Tom, welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast.
1: Thanks, John. It's great to be here with you.
0: I found you on the internet, and as I'm going along here, part of my intent for this podcast is to introduce my listeners to different forms of certification that are available. I have a lot of people who are enthusiasts that think, well, I'd love to be an instructor as well, and I'm trying to provide them with just a taste of what's out there and you have an indoor cycling certification program called Stage 5 Cycling that's actually a lot more than just an indoor cycling certification program. Can we start by you just telling me a little bit about Stage 5 Cycling, you know, how it started, what your focus is?
1: Sure. The, the significance of the name is uh, more wrapped around our coaching philosophy, which, you know, without going into deep description is uh, we do, uh, you know, an assessment, which is Stage 1. We do full biomechanics on the bike. Uh, similar to a bike fit, but a little bit more exhaustive. Uh, that's stage two. Stage three is uh, actual physical testing, like VO2 power testing. Then we reassess the goals, and then we uh, come out with uh, hopefully a more accurate training plan uh, at the end. So that's sort of the where the five comes in, because a lot of people always ask me, Where's, what's the five? So that's our stage five. What we've r- tried to do as a company primarily made up of USA Cycling Coaches is create uh, an environment that a coach could pretty much do their do business and be able to get in with the community, unlike a personal trainer, which has an audience built in when they walk into a health club that they work at. Cycling coaches, you know, have to sort of wheel and deal in the local club circuit uh, on the road. They don't have a, a venue, uh, so part of creating Stage Five was to give. Uh, USA Cycling Coaches, a venue which would include indoor cycling, small group coaching, and then some of these other services that I've alluded to, bike fitting, VO2 testing, nutrition, etc.
0: You're bringing real bicycle training philosophies into an indoor cycling class. Tell me you know, why you saw that that is important.
1: Well, I think for two things. I was taking indoor cycling classes as well. I'm a competitive racer. In the New England circuit, and you know, I, I would go into the classes, and you know, and two things struck me uh, immediately. And of course, I'm looking at a you know a small segment. I'm not trying to cast a, a judgment across the entire community, but just where I was, you know, the classes were very kind of aerobic based. It was almost like an aerobic class, not very cycling focused. With the exception that we were on the bike. Dead of winter, I'm in New England, so winters can get a little challenging here. And there were no other cyclists, uh, at least noticeable cyclists, in the room. And I just thought to myself, you know here's a great opportunity to stay fit during the winter, build a good good aerobic base, and uh, it wasn't being capitalized on and then the longer I stood in it, uh, I started to get some ideas on how we could capitalize on that so part of the motivation was, yes we, let's get real cyclists coming in here and using this as training, but there was also concepts that the cycling and coaching community uses to design training throughout the year, which we felt was lacking in the indoor cycling industry.
0: What you're speaking of in terms of periodization of, of training.
1: Correct. Yeah, periodization. And of course, there's a lot of different branches that come out of you know muscular development, different types of strength training, power work, et cetera, that are all wrapped around that periodization model.
0: From there, you created stage five cycling or you already had that in place and then you decided to branch off into instructor certification?
1: No, we, we started stage five cycling first. We started to bring some coaches in on board. We have six people on, on our staff. So we're, we're a relatively small company. We're not, we're not trying to take over the world. But we started to you know, look at the different workouts uh, that we would normally do on the road and then spent a considerable amount of time translating those indoors and also you know, using a periodization model, targeting them for different times of the year appropriately to hopefully build you know, the fitness, the strength, the conditioning of the riders, and what happened over time is that a, a number of instructors uh, started to approach us and ask us about certification, or would we start teaching them how we 're approaching the class because people tend to were liking what we were doing so it sort of was a very natural evolution we didn 't really start out saying we were going to create a certification, but we realized we had something that people were interested in, so we, we went on a mission to formalize that. And, uh, and present it.
0: Now, I see here on your website that your wife Carla is involved in the program. Can you tell us about her role? Sure.
1: Uh, well, besides keeping me uh, on the straight and narrow, she's got a, just a great passion for uh, the health and fitness uh, industry. She's a registered dietitian. She's got her master's uh, in education, which has led tremendously to our curriculum. And, uh, and she's, uh, she's an athlete as well. So it's, you know, obviously it makes for some great dinnertime conversations uh, talking about the day and and how we're approaching different clients, but it really tends to be a a great unity between us to, you know, have that passion of fitness and then be able to work together. You know, we're still not working full-time together, but we're definitely working a lot more together than we have in the past. And as stage five continues to pick up momentum, our goal is that this will be uh, our full-time gig and And we'll be able to put all other things aside.
0: Wow. You know, and I'm encouraged by that because my wife Amy and I, you know, dabbled together in certain things, both being in the fitness industry. And she's been a guest on this podcast a couple of times. And, no, I think that's just way cool. All right. Well, let's talk about your indoor cycling certification program. And the first question I have to ask you is who gets to decide who can create a certification program?
1: Well, that, that's probably the best opening question I've ever had, and I'll, I'll answer it this way by telling you an interaction I had with a with a large health and uh, fitness company. Uh, obviously, we were going in there trying to you know promote our product, and you know we believe in it. We've been using it in a number of the major clubs here on the Northeast, which you know have aff- affiliates around the country. That was the first question that this one organization asked, and it was a great question. My first response was, you know, well we're you know, certified USA Cycling coaches. Uh, you know, certified through the governing body of cycling. The real question is, what are some of the? Now, I'm talking more towards the larger uh, certification bodies that are out there for indoor cycling. You know, what real a- accreditation do they have over us to t- put out a certification? Right now, we are pushing towards a national accreditation, which there there is actually no cycling program, whether it's indoor or any other program nationally accredited. And, and what I mean by that, these are the same accreditations that the personal training industry has to go through, whether it's AFA or ACE. You know, They all have to be accredited through the national certifying body, which is it's quite a task, as, as we've learned, which is probably one of the reasons why a lot of people have pursued it. It's you know hundreds and hundreds of pages of paperwork and procedures and protocols and making sure there's quality of continuing education. And there's, there's a lot involved. There's no accredited indoor cycling certification in existence right now so that was one of the things that we are pursuing i mean we don't think it's the end all obviously if you have a good program and it works and it's designed correctly we, we feel that's very important but we're trying to take it that up that next step i think for our own quality we, you know we want to be able to maintain quality as we move forward and build correctly
0: your indoor cycling certification program, which you list as the most comprehensive indoor cycling certification available, is two days long, which is probably double any certification program that I'm aware of. You know, why is that?
1: I think the, the best way to answer this is to step back for a second. I, I think this is a trend. I'm not sure if you've actually seen this trend starting to emerge from some of your other interviews and just what you've been doing in the indoor cycling industry But what's very interesting, and this was a a similar conversation to your leading question, which was, you know, what sort of gives us the right in in a lot of ways to throw another certification out in the mix. What's happening in the health and fitness industry is all of a sudden they're looking across their club, so to speak, at the level of education and talent that their staff has. Now, what's happened is indoor cycling really entered as a very interesting animal, if you compare the and, I, and I'm, I'm talking in very general terms, the requirements of an indoor cyclist or indoor cycling instructor to the requirements of a personal trainer, there's a vast difference. So you can have someone on your you know your main gym floor you know training people who has had hours and hours and hours of studying, training, practical exams to get their certification, and they're working in the same club with someone who could have basically just went to a Saturday workshop didn't have to really pass an evaluation or test and now is qualified in a lot of ways to, to teach you know in front of 20 30 plus people and i think the health clubs are starting to wake up to this sort of discrepancy and it's not that they're down and they cycling at all they're saying how do we maintain the quality of education and knowledge across all the disciplines in our in our club so it's a very interesting thing that's emerging within the within the community
0: that has always been a of contention between my wife and I in that, you know, she has all these different certifications and I just have intercycling certification. You know, she's looked at exactly, well, wait a sec, why do I have to do all this constant continuing ed? And why did I have to go through all this certification at a very high level in order to teach the same thing you're teaching, John? So I, I'm encouraged by that. Talk to me about your, the actual certification workshops that you're doing.
1: Sure. Honestly, I think even two days can be a little challenging, we've found, to get all the information out there that we feel is important to know. You know, we, we emphasize a lot of background because the, the ultimate goal is to design really good indoor cycling programs. and Programs, kind of a, being a loose term, that could be you know, just a, a class that you teach during the week or you know, what we find profitable and more fun is to create small group training programs where you get a smaller group of people it's an additional paid fee, and you lead them through, you know, whatever whatever that program is designed to do. So ultimately, we want to prepare people for that. We have two people with a, a master's of education on our staff, so they've really been amazing at going and helping us determine what is the right amount of anatomy, kinesiology, biomechanics that an indoor cycling instructor needs to know in order to develop Proper workouts at the proper time with the proper emphasis, uh, and obviously entering you know physiology in there as well, and then teaching the periodization, and then we also do quite a bit on presentation skills because we feel having the knowledge but not being able to teach it confidently it, it could be just as much of a challenge. So in a nutshell, that's sort of our our approach to the curriculum itself.
0: I've just recorded and yet ha- but have not published an interview I did with. Dr. Haley Perlis, and the conversation, and it's going to be coming after your podcast, was that there are multiple components of a class. You know, the foundation, and what you're, and I'm looking at your website, you know, anatomy, kinesiology, physiology, thresholds, those type of things. But then there's also a presentation component that is probably harder to learn. And I'm encouraged to hear that that's something that you guys really focus on. Give me an understanding how do you teach presentation?
1: We break it down by a number of factors, and, and we're by, you know, by no means trying to dictate anyone's style. We really encourage people to have their own style uh, and to connect with, with their group. I mean, every demographic could be slightly different. Uh, but what we're li- really looking for is, is uh, presentation skills in the ability to teach concepts. Because Some of the concepts we teach can be fairly complex and are taught over weeks and weeks as we work with the same group of riders. And other concepts need to be reinforced every single time we're, we're doing a class. There's basic things like you know professional image. Uh, we're we're really big on that, uh, particularly since a lot of the staff are USA Cycling coaches. A lot of the setting of the stage, so to speak, in being able to gain respect and have people actually listen to what you're going to say is having that per, that really professional image. And that could be everything from you know obviously dress and hopefully you know not too much into the hygiene issues, but uh, even, you know, having charts and a well-planned workout so people, when they walk in, they feel like I've, I've, this person, this, this instructor has really put a lot of effort, thought into what they're delivering today for me and my class. We go through everything as far as setup, you know, how to properly go through an introduction to make sure that not only are you introducing yourself, the ride, but also the concepts that you're doing through each of the classes. And of course, there's always safety and and, uh, and health issues that you have to deal with as well. We talk about different techniques for teaching on and off the bike. A lot of us, of course, are coaches. So when I teach small group, a lot of times I'm not on the bike. Uh, I'll get on the bike to maybe demo certain things, but I'm more in a coaching mode, uh, really getting uh, more intimate with my riders. Uh, And that's a stylistic thing. A lot of instructors spend little time off the bike, and I've seen a lot of instructors spend a lot of time walking around interacting. So we try to give them different ways that they can determine what is their style.
0: What have you got available for someone listening to this that thinks, you know, I might look at this? First of all, you know, where are these certifications that you're conducting happening?
1: Well, right now we're focused mostly on the, uh, on the East Coast. But we are taking a, a model where we want to bring the certification to the instructors. And what that usually translates to is a couple of instructors will call us. And this happened uh, recently in a club in Florida they said, "Look, we really like what you guys are doing. We'd love to, you know, have instructors in our club certified by you. How would we do it?" You know, we had a certain amount of people we put together, and uh, I flew down there and did the whole weekend of certification and workshops for them. So, you know, we we do that model as well as we're obviously based in the Boston area, so it's a lot easier for us to hold more frequent workshops uh, in this area. But you know, we're we're realizing that in the indoor recycling industry is pretty well populated in the different clubs. And sometimes it's helpful just to kind of bring it into an existing club that has an existing sort of member base of instructors and makes it a lot easier for everybody.
0: Now, you had mentioned that you are involved with a couple of larger health club organizations. Can, can you give me an example of you know the services you're providing to them?
1: Yeah, we're, we're providing them three main services. There's obviously the, the certification workshops, which I'm on the uh, material that I sent you, you probably picked up that it's actually two times that we would have to get together. Uh, we would do a workshop, which is a 14-hour, two-day time on a Saturday or Sunday. Uh, and then there's uh, an evaluation, which is a separate 45-minute meeting together. So what we would do with uh, one of our clubs is we would set up these certifications. And generally, we like to do the workshop on one weekend, and then we do the basically the certification on the next weekend, the testing. Then we we're offering them what we call four to eight session indoor cycling small group coaching sessions, and you know they usually have a purpose. The the three main ones that we teach are an eight week base conditioning workshop, which goes through uh, mostly the base techniques and foundation of periodization, and of course it's broken out into you know actual workouts. And then we teach one that's uh, we call it core, because a lot of the general population doesn't acknowledge or or understand the word build, but in periodization, it would be, you know, base, build, peak, but build is kind of a little misleading. So we have a core program that is only about four weeks long and a peak one that's about four weeks long. And the reason those two are shorter is because they're starting to get into the nicer months and no one really wants to be training indoors when it's beautiful weather outside.
0: Oh, agreed. So you're actually kind of coming in as a subcontractor to create uh, these programs within the club itself, Is, is that what? Am I understanding that right?
1: Absolutely, and then they bring us in for uh, VO2 testing as well.
0: Okay, so you do metabolic testing. Is that what you're referring to?
1: Yeah, we'll do uh, both the metabolic testing, which is a resting metabolic rate, or they can choose to do uh, a VO2 max test, or both. I mean, depending on what they, how much time they want to spend.
0: Just to step back just a little bit, you were talking about you know certification over a weekend, follow-up testing, or, or I should say your training over the weekend and then certification testing, so to speak, the following. What's the criteria for the testing?
1: Well, there's, uh, there's basically four things that they they need to be able to uh, accomplish. The, wor- the workshop, you know, actually based on national accreditation, you cannot require someone to actually take a workshop uh, as part of your certification. So, you know, anyone really can walk in and say, well, I'd like to see if I can pass your certification without attending your weekend workshop. So the requirements are they have to pass at least 80% on our written exam, which is it's fairly intensive. It goes through all the qualities that we, we mentioned earlier. Uh, it's about 120 questions, multiple choice. And that, and that is a take-home. The, the goal of that written test is really to reinforce the knowledge that was taught over the weekend because it is quite a, quite a bit of knowledge. They also need to hand in a 60-minute ride profile with an abstract, so the ride profile can be whatever format they want that describes the, the basically the flow of the class or the workout that they're going to teach. And they also need to submit a written abstract that describes why they created it, what it's designed to do, you know, any variations, options, etc. They also need to, uh, during our, we have a 45-minute practical evaluation, which is where you are in front of a, of a coach. And during that time, you have to perform a bike fit for the coach and explain exactly what you're doing during the fitting. And also you have to pass a 20-minute practical class. The first five minutes being the warm-up and introduction. We give you uh, five minutes for two different drills, or I should say five minutes each for two different drills, and then five minutes to uh, sort of cool it down and uh, take us through some stretching and closing thoughts. So obviously a
0: very truncated class, but hopefully we'll
1: get a really good idea of your teaching skills and knowledge
0: during that time. Wow, that sounds quite comprehensive. I'm I'm encouraged by that, Tom. You know, we talked a little earlier that you really see indoor cycling instructing as something that can be more of a career, and you're you're providing some guidance to that. Can you explain it?
1: Sure. I think the piece that we're we're really leading to is the is the coaching aspect, and of course, that's the quality that we look for in our in our indoor cycling instructors. But the model that we're trying to use. Is a, is a model that's currently being used by the personal trainer industry. I mean, if as a personal trainer, you have a member base that you can draw from for the club you work at. As an indoor cycling instructor and trying to be a coach, you don't have the same sort of progression. So what our business model is to get you in the indoor cycling in st- uh, studio. Uh, obviously, you can be in front of you know, 10, 20, 30 people, depending on your class size get people excited about what you're doing. Of course, you're getting paid to market yourself because you get paid to teach. Then the next step would be to see if you can encourage a handful of those people to take part in a small group coaching program on the bikes, indoors, a bit more individual attention, obviously a more focused training target. And then from there, move people into a personal coaching uh, arrangement. Maybe you get one or two people, which is sort of a trend with us. We teach a 30-person class, get about six to 12 people to take one or two small group trainings. And then they, they always ask, well, what's the next step? And the next step would be one-on-one coaching as a, as a cycling instructor. And then there's a bunch of other offs in there, which is why we created these other services. While you're doing that, someone keeps hearing you talk about training thresholds and proper training zones. And, oh, well, maybe you'd like to, to do a uh, you know a VO2 test, or maybe you'd like to get properly fit to your bike. So it's, you know, we've really kind of built a model where you can offshoot a lot of these Sort of periphery services that are fee based, obviously. Obviously, yes, but you know, but you're getting paid all along the way, which is a nicer way to market. Usually, when you market yourself, you're you're paying before you actually, you know, see an uh, see an actual client. As an indoor cycling instructor, you get you get to get paid all the way through the
0: process, which is nice. Well, well I like that. That sounds that sounds
1: <laughs> most well. most people do.
0: <laughs> and I'm guessing a lot of instructors, you know, because you build up a. I don't want to say clientele, but a, a group, you know, that a community uh, around your class, people that enjoy coming, and they probably would be open to some more personalized training. That That's very encouraging. Can you leave our listeners with a quick tip that they may find valuable?
1: One of my pet peeves uh, would be use of uh, intensity in class. We come obviously from the outdoor environment, so we're very used to using different devices like heart rate monitors and power meters to gauge the intensity of our effort. Indoors, a lot of the people that, that we can have in our classes don't have those. I mean, we encourage them to wear at least a heart rate monitor, but many are just using their own perceived exertion. And I think what we've seen a lot, which sometimes people will come to us and say, well, you're, you're, you're not telling us to work at 100% for the entire <laughs> 60 minutes. And you know, my response to them is, you know, I said, I'd like to see you work at 100% for even 30 seconds but it's just just a misconception i think it you know the more we educate people on how their is actually supposed to respond to the workout and use some realistic perceived exertions i think people will start getting a, a better quality workout so that w- that would be one of my one of my pet peeves
0: tom where can somebody find you
1: uh, on the web we are located at www.stage5cycling.com and the 5 is a number
0: all right and they'd like to give you a call
1: Yeah, sure. It's uh, 800-605-1791. And my extension, if you
0: want to get me directly, is 84. I always welcome calls. Well, Tom Scotto, Stage 5 Cycling, I want to thank you for being with us today on the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast.
1: John, it's been a pleasure.